Hi, this is Bishop E. James Logan, Senior Pastor of Christian Faith Fellowship Church in Zion, Illinois. Welcome to our podcast. I pray you'll be blessed by a fresh word from God every time you tune in. Can you grab your Bibles? The presence of God is so thick in here. Grab your Bibles and turn with me to 1 Chronicles chapter 28. today I have a reminder. First Chronicles chapter 28 verse 20. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. You can just listen and we'll go home. The Bible says this, then David continued as he's talking to his child. He says, be strong and courageous and do the work. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, do the work. Don't be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord, for the Lord God, my God, is with you. will not fail you or forsake you. He will see to it that all the work related to the temple of the Lord is finished correctly. Look at your neighbor say, neighbor, he will not fail you. Look, look at your other neighbor and say, neighbor, I don't know if they heard me or not, but I said, he will not fail you. if you don't understand what's going on, but I don't apologize for doing what God is leading me to do. Some of you might be thinking, well, he's doing all that singing and carrying on. The Bible says, they that worship me must worship in spirit, okay, y'all know the Bible, okay, all right, in spirit and in truth. See, the thing about worship is it shifts the focus from you to God. You may, you may be thinking about what you're going through, and it may cause you to be in an emotional state or more emotional, uh, uh, vulnerable state, but 
But after you get done thinking about you, about five, and typically for me, it would take about five seconds. I say one word, and I just feel his presence all over me. And I begin to think about the goodness of Jesus. And all that he's done for me. See, when you, when you think about yourself, you're being selfish. You think about what God's supposed to do for you and, and how long you've been serving in ministry and, and how long you've been a deacon or deaconess and you ain't got your new title yet and, and how long you've been the usher and, and you haven't been elevated to be in the front or whatever, whatever church ridiculousness might be going through your mind. It, it shifts your focus. And God will quickly remind you that he's got you in the palm of his hand. It shifts, it shifts your focus. That's why I don't have a message. I have a reminder. Because a lot of times we have to be reminded. We, you know we are like little children. I know you've grown and you're 65 and your 401k is hefty. And I mean, God has been good to you financially. But spiritually, you, you're in a drought. Because you think that we serve God transactionally. And the minute that you experience any kind of test, you think God has left you. But my Bible tells me <laughs> that the testing of your faith produces what? Patience, perseverance, endurance. You have to train yourself. You have to get on your Holy Ghost treadmill and, and train up your spiritual endurance so when you experience tests, trials, tribulations, you just know, I just got to keep on going because this, I, I got to get past this point. I'm a, I'm a Stairmaster guy now and, and you know, it used to be like 14 minutes would be my limit. And then I was like, okay, let's push it to 16. And at 16, I mean, just sweating. Ever since my wife got pregnant, I just, I sweat like I'm, <laughs> like I got sugar diabetes or something, but um, I'm on the I'm on the stairmaster and I'm stepping, and and every day I try to go another minute or two, and I'm just gradually training myself up. Then one thing, you know, one day I did an hour. Start watching shows and listening to the Bible. I didn't even recognize I was on there that long because I had trained myself up. You gotta train yourself up to go through it. We don't like these kind of messages. I know I, I know I said he won't fail you, but you but there's some things you just got to go through. There's some things you have to go through so that you know, oh God, he's still with me because I did get through that. Am I talking to anybody in here? The proof that 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 you're here right now is proof that God is still with you. You're looking from, for some kind of other type of evidence that God's hand is on your life. You're looking for the new car, the new house, the, the, the thing that you can post to make people reach out to you. But the real evidence is you're still here. 
I had a totally different message that I was going to preach, but then on my way here, God changed it. Um, so just flow with me. Um, the other day, I, I opened up my Bible, and uh, some, you know, sometimes when you just open up your Bible, you will find some amazing things. You can have your seats. I'll, Ten minutes, and I'm done. Sometimes just crack the Bible open and just read chapters. It's wherever it is. If you're in Obadiah, you'll be done quick. Just keep going. <laughs> if you end up in Nahum, just, just keep going. All right, it's just, just keep going. Cracked my Bible open, and it opened to John chapter 14. We'll go through some scriptures. Amen. My mama said, we know. One thing about me, I'm going to read the Bible. I'm not going to just get up here and make stuff up and sound good so I can get famous on Instagram. If you just read the Bible, you'll be an amazing preacher. You don't even, you don't even got to know how to preach. You can just get up here and read it. And it'll preach on its own. I'm preaching already. John chapter 14. I'll start at verse 13. The Bible says, And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. So Jesus says it, he says this twice. Whatever you ask in my name, I'll do it. That's once that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. He's like, listen, I said. Verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. You think you're alone, but you forgot that he left us a helper. That he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive. We just zoom past that. You want to know why the world thinks you're crazy? Because they don't have his spirit. You want to know why the world looks at you funny? Because they don't have his spirit. Because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. Somebody say, I know him. For he dwells with you and will be in you. Verse 18, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Verse 19, a little while longer. And the world will see me no more, but you'll see me. Because I live, you will live also. At that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. You want to know how you show God you love him? 
You do what he says. I'm going to say that again. You want to know how you show God you love him? You do what he says. I think my dad said that to me one time. It's just, it's just hitting me now. He said, son, you want to know how you can show me that, you, <laughs> that you're obedient? I said, what's that, dad? By doing what I told you to do, boy. <laughs> yes, sir. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. Remember what the word manifest means? It means to be made revealed. Made manifest or revealed. I know uh, today in this day and age, the big buzzword is I'm manifesting the life that I want. I'm speaking I'm speaking it into existence. Now your words do have power. But you can't manifest anything without God. Because if you get it on your own, you can lose it on your own. But when God gives it to you, he'll sustain it. That'll preach right there. I, I learned a while ago that anything I get on my own, I'm gonna have to work real, 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 real hard to keep it. And another thing that I learned, probably when I turned like 25, it's expensive trying to keep up with my own desires. It's you know you expensive. As frugal as you are, you're still expensive. Because you may be frugal in one area, but you spend a whole bunch of money in this area. I know. I know your toes hurt. Go get your pedicure tomorrow. I will manifest myself to him. Then Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you'll manifest yourself to us and not the world? And Jesus answered him and said, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. Jesus is repeating himself. He's leaving them reminders. What did I say earlier? I don't have a message. I have a reminder. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the father's who sent me. Verse 25. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you. Somebody say, but the helper. The Holy Spirit whom the father will send in my name. He will teach you all things. And bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Now, Jesus had been telling them chapters upon chapters, like, listen, there's coming a time I'm not going to be with you no more. And they're just like, man, Jesus is he's talking again, y'all. He's saying that stuff again. And then the time really started to come close. 
And Jesus said, these things I've, I've been telling you while I was with you, but I'm not going to be with you in this body anymore. I'm going to leave the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, and he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance things I said. Somebody can't bring to your remembrance something that you were never taught. The beautiful thing about the conviction of the Holy Spirit is you're convicted because it's something that you know. You're convicted because it's something that you know you shouldn't be doing. That's why you're convicted. To be convicted means <laughs> you got caught up doing the thing that you did. I will bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Then he says this, verse 27, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You have heard me say to you, I am going away and I'm coming back to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice because I said this. Why, why would I rejoice? Because I'm going to the Father. For my Father is greater than I. Earlier in John, or 1 John, I believe, it talks about how Jesus returned to his former glory. Why? Because he was there in the beginning when the world was framed, when the world was created, because Jesus is the Word, and the Word is God, and the Word was with God. You can go back and read, read it yourself. I don't have time right now. So Jesus returns to his former glory, and then he's sitting at the right hand of the Father, his rightful position of authority. Then he says this, and now I have told you before it comes that when it does come to pass, you may believe I will no longer talk much with you for the ruler of this world is coming. What did Jesus say? For the ruler of this world is coming and he has nothing in me. How many of you know that the ruler of this world is coming? He's coming for your mind. He's coming for your family. He's coming for your relationship. He's coming for your marriage. He's coming for your kids. He's coming for your car. He's coming for your finances. He's coming for your house. He's coming for your power. He's coming for your authority. He's coming for everything that you have that resembles God. The ruler of this world is coming, saints, and we have to be prepared, we have to be equipped, we have to be enabled, we have to be charged up and know that this is not the time to be distracted. This is not the time to play around. This is not the time to let the enemy run rampant in your household, in your home. That's why I'm telling you that he won't fail you. That's why I'm telling you that he won't leave you. Because when the going gets tough, that's not an indication that God has left you. That's just an indication that the ruler of this world is coming. But the Bible says, greater is he that is within me than he that is within the world. That's why he left a helper, so that you can know I'll bring to remembrance everything that I taught you, everything that you've seen, everything that I've shown you, all the times that I went away to a desolate place to pray and fast was not just so I can be deep and spiritual, because I knew there was coming a time where I'm no longer going to be with you, and you're going to have to have a prayer life on your own. 
You're going to have to know how to seek God's face on your own. You saw my example. You saw what I used to do when the ministry got hard and I had to lay hands on 5,000 and 10,000 and 20,000. And every time I would try to go away to get a slight vacation, these people that were desperate for a mighty move of God would show up wherever I was because they know that the ruler of this world is coming. ruler of this world is coming and he has nothing in me but the world I want the world to know that I love the father and as the father gave me commandments so I do and he says arise let us go from here I want you to know that the voice of the enemy cannot be louder than the voice of the helper. Just like in Job, when Satan went before God and was trying to accuse Job, when Satan was trying to take everything from Job, when he experienced attack after attack after attack after attack. Guess what? Jesus was sitting at the right hand of the Father. And the Bible says he makes intercession for us. We can no longer live on the prayers of our great-grandmama. We got to know that Jesus is seated in heavenly places interceding for his children. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father interceding for you. And you know the enemy has to go to God about anything pertaining you. So while the enemy is the accuser of the brethren, we have an advocate. What did our prayer say? Jesus Christ, the righteous, who is the atonement for all sin. And because of Christ, the guilt, shame, and disappointment of sin cannot condemn nor take away our confidence in approaching who? Him. He'll never leave you. Even when he leaves you, he didn't leave you because <laughs> he left something for you. He left his spirit. He won't fail you. The enemy's been trying to accuse you. He's been trying to bring back up your past. He's been trying to bring dirt on your name. He's been trying to make you feel inadequate. He's been trying to make it seem like you can't live for God. You just should go back to your old ways. And that's nothing but the trick of the enemy. Because Jesus, just as hard as the enemy is accusing, Jesus is praying. Just as hard as the enemy is accusing, Jesus is, just as hard as the enemy is trying to attack your mind, Jesus is praying for you. Jesus says, peace I leave with you. Everyone stand to your feet, bow your heads, lift your hands.
Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I come against each and every tormenting spirit that would try to accuse your children. I come against the spirit of depression. I come against the spirit of anxiety. I come against the spirit of loneliness. I come against the spirit of, of, of brokenness, sadness, hurt, pain, rejection. In the name of Jesus. Anything that is not like you, God, take it away. Anything that is not like you, God, take it away. Because, Father, you've never lost a battle. You've never lost a fight. You've, you've never lost a war. You always live in victory. And because you are victory, we can rejoice that we have victory over our situation. We have victory over our problem. We have victory over our circumstances. Quiet. We have victory over depression. We have victory over anxiety. We have victory over sadness. We have victory over the loss of a loved one. Because, Father, you are my peace. You are my joy. You are my salvation. You are my sanctuary. You are everything that I need. You are a friend that sticks closer than a brother. You are a mother to the motherless, a father to the fatherless. Father, you are a judge in the courtroom. You are a doctor in the sick room. Father, you are whatever it is I need. You are. So, Father, we rejoice. We rejoice in knowing that you can't fail. We rejoice in knowing that you can't fail, so I can't fail. We rejoice in knowing that you haven't lost, so I can't lose. We rejoice in knowing. Rejoice when you fall in. <laughs> rejoice. Count it all joy, my brothers. You experience any attack of the enemy. That just lets to know, that just lets me know that the enemy counts you as a threat. If he's attacking you right now, that means you're a threat to his kingdom. If he's attacking you right now, that lets me know that he's a threat. You are a threat to the ruler of this world. But my God won't fail. 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 Can I tell you a secret? My God won't fail. <laughs> Can I tell you something you may have heard before, but you may have forgotten? Come on, say it with me. Come on, can we let any spirit in here that is not of God know that my God won't fail? There is no room for you in here. You better go on. What y'all say? You better go on somewhere. I, that, that's what I want, because sometimes we get too spiritual with, with demons. You better go somewhere in Jesus' name. <laughs> you got to act like you believe it. 
spirit of depression, you better go. Spirit of anxiety, you better go. On somewhere now. Spirit of brokenness, you better go. Don't make me say it again. We also can't be afraid. I, I remember growing up, I'm about to be a dad, y'all. This is just a miracle. Um, I remember growing up and, and like on the weekends or like during summertime, uh, <laughs> this is cracking me up. My parents had this like audio system. It was my dad's like surround sound, you know, big, big ordeal. This is like early 2000s. Um, bunch of knobs and all kind of equipment. Now you just get a sound bar and a sub and like you got surround sound. Anyway, I remember during the summertime and on weekends, uh, I would just wake up hearing Ron Cannoli. And my mom and dad would be downstairs in the family room praying and worshiping God. Like literally, like this is no joke. I'm not saying this because they're the pastors and I want y'all to think they're spiritual. No, like they, 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 they do this. They for real. And I, I remember I would hear Ron Cannoli and I would hear worship songs and, and I would hear, I remember hearing all the different voices, whoever, you know, the different gospel artists are, and they would begin to worship. And, and I told you, my dad, he would just randomly just begin to shout, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. He would just clap real loud so you couldn't sleep in. Uh, you just, you just, <laughs> you got, <laughs> you got secondhand worship, just, just all in the room. You sleep, all of a sudden you shivering. Presence of God didn't hit you, you didn't even know what's going on. And then my mom, my mom would begin to pray real hard. She, she would begin to pray real hard like, like we were at revival, like at a church. You know, when some people, you go to the prayer meetings. I'm a church boy, so I know all this stuff. Just stay with me. We would go to these church meetings, and people, certain people would grab the mic, and they would just go in, just speaking in tongues, and just, just all this kind of stuff. And then I would see them at places, and they would be speaking in other kind of tongues. Um, and so I was just watch my mom and she would pray and she would pray hard. And she would, y'all know how she go in, she get the mic and she's like, hello, y'all. And then 15 seconds, there's a switch that's flipped because she's not playing with the enemy. And my, my parents would tell me, you know, when I was a baby, I. I used to have really, really bad like nightmares or something or whatever it was, like just really bad attacks from the enemy. And my dad would say, son, I would walk around the room holding you and I would just pray and I would just worship. We have to get back to that place where we're not afraid to wake up our kids, to disturb the peace in the house. We, 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 gotta, we gotta have warfare again. We gotta bring warfare. You wanna know why there's not warfare in, the, in God's house? because you're not doing warfare in your house. You want to know why we don't have the prayer warriors that we used to talk about? Because y'all don't pray at home. You don't go after it at home. I remember I would hear my mama, Father, we come against the Spirit. And we, I remember hearing her say these things like Leviathan, Python, what are these, what are these things? But she was coming against every demonic demon that was trying to attack or trying to set foot in our house. Okay, y'all want, want me to move on. 
we got to get back to being a house that prays. I'm not, I'm not talking about this. I'm not talking about this. We got to get back to being a house that prays. Just as Jesus intercedes for us, we should be interceding for others. Intercession happens in part because the individual doesn't know what they should pray for. Jesus prays for us because sometimes we pray, God, I need, to, I need to hit the lottery. And Jesus is like, no, that's not what you need. That's the last thing you need. You need peace. You need joy. You need patience. For some of you, you need, you need patience right now. We got to get back to praying. We got to get back to fasting. We got to get back to forgiving. This isn't the season to hold on. Pastor Deborah said, that's why y'all not praying, unforgiveness. It's, it's hard to pray to God when, when you got grudges. Mm. And then it's difficult for us to believe that God forgives us because we haven't forgiven He won't fail. If you're in this room and you're not saved, or you're backslidden, I want to pray for you. Just lift your hand if you're in the room and you're not saved, you're backslidden. If that's also the case, we need to do a better job at telling people about Jesus. But not just with our words, with our lives. We have to do a better job at telling people about Jesus, not just with our words, but with our lives. Hey, man, what church you go to? Hey, hey, man. Those are the kind of questions we should get. Hey, man. Hey, check out the stream. If you can't make it, hey, check out the stream. Here's CDs. We don't, we don't get those out no more. <laughs> here's a... Here's a uh, cassette tape. <laughs> Catch us on the stream, man. That's basically what it is. That's, that's the new tape. Catch us on the stream, man. Because the earth is groaning. The millennial generation is groaning. We are living in a time where the millennial generation are leaving Christianity because they don't see that it's working for you. We went to church, we shouted, danced, had a good old time, wore our best clothes, we came home and nothing changed. <laughs>
Help us, Jesus. Help us to live a life of victory. Help us to live a life of victory so that other people can see that he won't fail on us. In Jesus' name. Did this word bless you? Did this service bless you? The Bible says, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is freedom in your presence. Father, we thank you for freedom. Father, we thank you for liberty. Father, we thank you for victory. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you for joining us. I also want to thank you in advance for clicking on the link to support our ministry. Your giving is what moves ministry forward, and ministry must move forward. You can also visit us online at cffczion.org for more information. If you were blessed by this word, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and family. God bless you.